Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Wait, I got to do the trivia. It is uh, brought to you by Pro-Am Sports. Again, don't let gift giving go into overtime. Gift certificates available online or in-store now. Visit ProAmSports.ca for details. All correct answers today uh, that uh, when we pick out the winner are entered to win is signed of Anarchy in Jersey. Check out ProAmSports.ca or visit 12728 St. Albert Trail in Edmonton. And the question was, can you name the New York Ranger in the lineup tonight? who is the Oilers' only draft choice in the last 20 years after round one to have had a 60-point season in the National Hockey League. And the correct answer is defenseman Eric Gustafson of the Rangers. He had a 60-point year uh, back in, uh, would have been 1819 with the Chicago Blackhawks, fourth-round pick of Edmonton in 2012, never signed with the Oilers. The Oilers haven't had one forward drafted after round one in the last 20 years that's had a 60-point campaign. To put things in perspective, Tampa Bay has two guys that have scored 50 goals. I think Kucherov has had 50. Uh, they got Kucherov in the second. They got Braden Point in the third. So uh, it tells you. Edmonton's done okay in the first. Anyhow, let's get on and hook up with, uh, and it was Alex that knew the correct answer. Like, congratulations, Alex, knowing that it was Eric Gustafson. Daily face-offs, Frank Cervelli for the horses and horse racing, Alberta. Experience live standard bid racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. For more information, head to thehorses.com. And I'm Jeff Robillard passing a note along to me. Bob, please wish all of the Oilers Now listeners happy holidays. Hello, Frank. How you doing? Pretty good, Bob. Do you know Eric Gustafson is on track for 52 points this year? He's He can move the puck, and they have... He's yeah, low maintenance, even, and Peter Laviolette loves him from Washington. Well, That's the guy that brought him to the Rangers. So here's the deal. I have a theory that the New York Rangers' right side of their defense is the best in the entire league. They have Adam Fox, they have Jacob Truba, and they have Braden Schneider. Uh, you know, obviously Fox is an elite top five offensive puck. You know, he's won uh, the Norris Trophy. Then you have Truba, who's a throwback player who crushes guys with open ice hits and can move the puck, and he can defend. And Schneider has emerged as a shutdown defenseman. Do you agree or disagree with that sentiment in terms of right shot D? I would buy that for sure. That's oh, well. It's a pretty special right side, and it makes their whole defense core top to bottom pretty strong. It's been the bounce back of Jonathan Quick this year. He had a tough couple of years. He was the one guy that didn't really post substantially better numbers going to Vegas last year in that three-way situation that happened. Uh, and we know how it ended for him. He was not happy that he ended up getting moved out. Uh, but he has bounced back. He's got great numbers this year. Goals saved above expectation, plus seven for the Rangers. Shesterkin's flat this year. Like, he's just been okay. 
Oilers are getting Jonathan Quick, who a couple years ago they lit up a couple times when he was a member of the L.A. Kings. Yeah, and Quick was really good in Edmonton. I was at that game earlier this year. I got to be honest, Bob, I thought Quick's career was over last year. Me too. Year. I Me thought too. winning that third Stanley Cup that he was just going to go out on top. His numbers were way down. He looked like he, he was obviously just a throw-in piece going from Columbus to Vegas. Um, and there's something about the way this year has been for him you know, this is this geography part of it will sound odd for people in Alberta and Edmonton, but if you lived in Connecticut like Quick did, you most likely grew up a Ranger fan. And he lived not all that far from Chris Drury. And Chris Drury's not all that much older than Jonathan Quick would have been probably one of his, you know, favorite players growing up or something like that. There's a there's a trust that exists there between Drury, their GM, and Quick uh, this year that I thought it was a hope bet bringing him in to be their backup. I thought that they were just going to ride Chesterkin uh, because he's been so good, and I thought they made a major mistake on a price point basis on the cap moving on from someone like Yarrow Halak, who they were paying a million and a half. They didn't, they didn't want to spend as much, and I thought that was going to be to their own detriment, and it's worked out beautifully. There's another person you didn't mention. Benoit Allaire. Oh, well, that right? too. That too. I mean, the Allaires have had a history of having really good goaltenders. You know, and it is. Should, I mean, well, does or does Benoit Allaire turn them into really good goaltenders? That's the question. That's Should Benoit Allaire be a Hall of Famer in the builder category? Well, I mean, it's it's an interesting conversation. I mean, you look at Ian Clark in Vancouver and the work. You know, like we were in Vancouver twice this year, and the Oilers got spanked in both games. And the analytics would suggest they shouldn't have been spanked. I mean, the first game, Edmonton outshot Vancouver 19-2 to in the first, and it was a 1-1 game. Uh, but if you go and watch who's on the ice, you have the Sedins leading this, like, you got Henrik and Daniel Sedin out on the ice doing skills with their with their forwards and mm-hmm. face-offs and stuff. And then you look, you got Ian Clark as goalie coach, and I can translate this to Edmonton because there has been an uptick in performance. There's no other way to say it. No disrespect intended for Dave Manson. Yep. But Paul Coffey said it in his interview with me. He said, and I quote, nobody made more mistakes than me. In NHL history, I want you to make plays. And the Oilers' defense has transitioned the puck differently since Paul Coffey's come aboard, Frank. They have, and I was at Oiler practice on Wednesday in New Jersey. had a chance to catch up with you as well as a bunch of other people around the Oilers. And I had a one-on-one with Chris Knobloch on my podcast, Frankly Speaking, that you can go and listen to. And he gave his props to uh, to Paul Coffey saying that there's been a bit of a freeing experience from, for some of our defensemen that have really settled in nicely. The, their confidence is there. What he really likes about the way Paul Coffey's been in addition to their staff and the way that he's actually also helped Chris Knobloch is, and you know this when I say it, it's going to make sense. There's no black and white with Paul Coffey. No. Nope. There's no, sorry, there's no gray. There's only black and white. And that is such a valuable resource for a coach that isn't sort of on the fence about things. He sees the game a certain way. He projects the you know the game a certain way, and he talks to players and sort of builds up their confidence that way as well. That he wants them in in the game and and active. And I think he's been a huge part of their turnaround this year. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're joined by Daily Faceoffs Frank Cervelli, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta Experience Live, Standard Bed Racing, Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack at Concedo. For more information, head to thehorses.com. And we will also tell you that Frank Cervelli is our headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best uh, beef jerky you've ever had. Trent and Travis at Wilhawk, they will take care of you. So, you said something there about you, you, basically what you're saying is Paul Coffey's going to let you know how you feel. And the great late comedian George Carlin used to talk about the softening of language. There's no softening of language with Paul. <laughs> no, he's got a hard edge to him, which, like, being from Philly, I actually really appreciate. And it's not like in a negative way, it's just like you're never sitting there, even in just having a casual conversation, you're never sitting there wondering what he's thinking. Like, oh, does this is this guy saying one thing and meaning another? And I could tell how for players, even if there's some criticism involved, that's really important because I know just in speaking to a bunch of guys around the league, the worst coach that they can have is someone who just speaks and you, you have no idea what they're saying. Like, even if they're, they're telling you all negative things about your game, at least you know where you stand. And that's not been the case with Paul Coffey, but I think just from a pure uh, pers- you know, confidence perspective, and it's not just confidence, but it's also it's, it's, there's an efficiency thing to the way the Oilers have played. It's, it's been very efficient. It's, the simplest play is sometimes the best play, and yeah. I think that's been really important too. All right. Uh, so, Frank, and I know we ask you this on a weekly basis. Uh, I know Jack Michaels dug up some of these numbers. Uh, you take a look at Edmonton's schedule. I, I looked at it again today. We're 30 games into the season. Tonight will be game number 31, and the Oilers will play 20 of the 31 games against the teams in the top 16 of the standings in the National Hockey League. By my count, they have 29 of 51 games remaining after tonight against bottom 15 teams in the league, and they've been a second-half team. And all you need to do is look at the record. The last four years, the Edmonton Oilers in the first half of the season have gone 80, 61, and 10. That is a 569 points percentage. And in the second half of the year, 91, 33, and 16. Remember, they played 11 fewer games in the second half back in 1920 in the pandemic year, but that's still a 707 winning percentage. I know Reed and me are going to talk about this later on. I mean, I, I'm still trying to figure out why there's so much better in the, the first half or in the second half than the first half, but it, part of the reason this year might be because they just have an easier schedule. Uh, they, are they going to make the playoffs? What do you think? 
Milwaukee. Yeah, I don't even think there's a doubt. I have the Oilers making the playoffs. I think the West is incredibly soft once you get out of the top three in each division. To, to gun down the, the Coyotes or the St. Louis Blues or Nashville Predators, whoever is right in the mix in that spot, I don't think the Oilers are going to have a difficult time doing that. Um, they've got to be more consistent. I think that's the one real question mark I have about this team. What's their baseline? And that's fair. I tried to ask Chris Knobloch about that about the other day. Like, what is the acceptable level of performance? You win eight, you lose three. You know, there's lots of different moments that have popped up that you say, will the real Edmonton Oilers stand up? And that's the part that I've been waiting for. A lot of people have been waiting for. It's great to have an eight-game heater, but sometimes you're only as good as as your your weakest link, your worst performance. And um, there's been too many of those that have been concerning at, at different points. Um, I think the longer this goes on, the more familiarity there is with the coaching staff. I think there's probably going to be some roster changes and additions over the next 60 to 65 days um, that I think there's still a lot left to unfold for this team this year that we've definitely seen a big enough jump to, to suggest that they're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, are we looking at the? Uh, it's not. It's not like uh, the Bachelor and the rose ceremony, the most dramatic rose ceremony of all time. Are we going to look at a, at a, a blockbuster trade deadline? I mean, you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Florida Panthers, those organizations, and they're all in all the time. And they're a little bit ruthless right now. I think Florida's only got three first-round picks left in their organization. I'm not even sure Tampa's got that many. And I know they got Stam, Coast, and Hedman, and I'm thinking beyond that off the top of my head. Oh, Vasilevsky. That's it. Well, those are three pretty good ones. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, but no, like, I mean, are, do you uh, foresee a scenario where Edmonton steps up and makes an impactful trade like they did last year when they got at Coleman, basically moved two number ones to do it? I think they have to. I think so they have I. to be in a spot where they leave no stone unturned. I've, I've used this phrase a lot. This is a bone, burn the boats type year for the Oilers. I think... With the the talent they have in their prime, their need to really move forward and, and make progress in the playoffs. And, and frankly, I also think the West is as wide open as it's been. Um, it, you know, you look at the opportunity that's in front of the Oilers, like you can't sit back and say, oh, well, if we make it, we'll just roll the dice and see what happens once we get in. I think you need to have a more detailed plan. And I think part of what th- that's going to help this team get set up for the deadline is just figuring out from a salary cap perspective, okay, what's happening with Jack Campbell? That's important, not just for this deadline, but it's also for this summer and what happens next. And there's a lot of different things to sort out, but I I think they have to be aggressive. They can't be in a spot where they're just sitting back and saying, well, let's see what happens once we get in and, and the damage that we could do. You have to properly support 97 and 29 and the rest of your stars as much as you can. Frank, great stuff. Uh, Merry Christmas, and we'll hook up next Friday when I'm in Los Angeles. Sounds good. Merry Christmas to all, and uh, enjoy the world's most famous arena. There we go. That is Frank Cervalli for the horses and horse race in Alberta. 349 in Edmonton. When we come back, we'll get to the game day lineup report and this day in Oilers history. You're listening to Oilers now. Welcome back, everybody. It is 352 in Edmonton. Let's go to the game day lineup report brought to you by McGuire Financial. Stick handle your way to financial success for a free financial consultation. Visit McGuireFinancial.ca. The Edmonton Oilers did not have a morning skate today, second of a back-to-back. Chris Knobloch's going to do his availability in. 
23 minutes. Stuart Skinner does start in goal. He's 11-9 and 1 at 3.04 goals against the average. 8.84 save percentage. Uh, Nurse will be with CeCe Eckholm and Bouchard and Kulak and Deharnay. Cody CeCe looking for his first goal in 108 games. Evan Bouchard had a 13-game point streak, one of the longest for defensemen, one of the five longest in the last 20 years. He had 20 points during those 13 games. Doesn't got a point in the last three games. He's missed a net and a couple of rip jobs. Oilers have the number one puck possession offensive line in terms of creating scoring chances in the league with Connor McDavid, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Zach Hyman. They will remain together. I envision Edmonton keeps dry settle with McLeod and Fogel, but David, by the way, 18 points, 12 career games against the Rangers. Derek Ryan uh, technically finished the game last night. He told me afterwards he'd be fine. Derek Ryan, I envision with Kane and Yanmark. Sam Gagne did not finish last night's game. Took a high stick. If he can't go, Connor Brown draws back in. Uh, James Hamlin and Adam Ernie are going to be staying in the lineup for sure. Ernie scoring his first goal of the season last night. So that's a look at the Edmonton Oilers who lead the NHL in shots for 34.4 per game, 7th in the league in goals for, 4th in the league in power play. The Rangers are the best team in the league in the power play. They're also number one on uh, face-offs and number five in the PK. This is a good hockey club. Surprisingly, just 13th in the league overall in goals for. They're 22-7-1 with a plus-19 goal differential, which leads the Eastern Conference. Mika Zibanejad up front with Chris Kreider, a 50-goal scorer from a couple years ago, and former Jet Blake Wheeler. He spent 11 years there. Vincent Trocek has the best face-off percentage in the league of anybody with 450-plus draws. He will center Panarin and Alexis Lafreniere, the number one pick in the 2020 NHL draft. Nick Bonino, who spends his summer, and we see him every year in Edmonton, with Wick, uh, Will Kyle, coached by Chris Knobloch in Hartford, and Johnny Brodzinski. Uh, who was with the Kings organization. They had a run of players out of St. Cloud for a while. Barkley, Goodrow, uh, Jimmy VC back, second tour duty with the Rangers, a four-time 10-plus goal scorer, and former Oiler Tyler Pitlick, who played 58 games for Edmonton early in his NHL career. Their defense is awesome. Ryan Lingren with Adam Fox. Uh, they got Keandre Miller with Jacob Truba and Eric Gustafson, a favorite of Peter Laviolette's. Uh, their head coach with Braden Schneider. And again, Jonathan Quick starts in goal. Listen to these numbers. 9-0-1 at 2.09 goals against average 9.26 save percentage. That is your game day lineup report brought to you by McGuire Financial. Stick, handle your way to financial success for a free financial consultation. Visit McGuireFinancial.ca. We head off into this day in Oilers history. And it is presented by New Ass Travel. Again, we've sold out our Nashville trip. We had an awesome group of 44 join us at the start of the year. We've sold out our Montreal trip, not one but two suites, 60-plus. That's coming up in the middle of January. We will announce a new trip in January for March slash April. In the meantime... Yeah, you can join New West Travel for an exclusive 14-day roadie to Newfoundland in June to see the Iceberg Festival. Reach out to newwesttravel.com. Here's Brendan Escott. 2011, Edmonton opening the game with four unanswered goals. Jordan Eberle, Ryan Smith, Leonard Petrell uh, scoring as well. They uh, beat the Minnesota Wild 4-1 at Rexall Place. Nick Backstrom denying uh, Taylor Hall on a penalty shot attempt in the second period of that one, Bob. Yeah, Leonard Patrell, did he get kicked out of that game? Uh, yeah, he did, actually. Checking him from bit, behind. <laughs> he had a little bit of red ass in him. Like, he was a, he could get a little, he was one of those, you know, sometimes some of those Finns, uh, him, Yuansu, those guys, I think Yuansu came from a town 
in Finland. They fought the Russians in the Second World War, and all he told me, you go to the graveyard, and all you'd see is all of the, the people from his town that had been killed fighting the Russians during the Second World War. Those were big men that didn't take any crap, and Petrell had a little bit of that in him as well. He didn't know how to fight, but he was prepared to fight, so I always admired that. Brendan, you're going to be helping us out here over the next couple... So today is the 22nd. Uh, we do not have, obviously, we got the, the face-off show coming up with Reed Wilkins after the Global News Weather Traffic Update, then tonight's broadcast. Uh, we have a Best of Oilers Now show on the 26th. That will be a year in review, and you've got the show Tuesday the 27th because I'm flying with the Oilers to San Jose. So thank you for helping us out, Brendan. Yeah, happy holidays, Bob. Enjoy the game tonight. Should be awesome. Reed Wilkins is up next. Special thanks to Derek Scott uh, up and back in the studio for us. Uh, Matt Shortest was our engineer here in New York City. And we are going to get to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. Reed Wilkins will have the City Ford Face-Off show beginning at 4.05 Edmonton time. I will rejoin you at 4.35 after we talk to Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch.